so just while Dan's doing that, I'm talking today about what would Jesus say about prayer. So uh, it would make sense to start with prayer, wouldn't it? So I'll just pray. Um, God, would you give me your Holy Spirit right now to uh, help me share your heart for the church? Um, and would your Holy Spirit be working in the hearts of everyone listening as well uh, to receive what you have to say? Amen. So, I want to start with a question. What can you not go without for a day? And I'm not just talking about food and water, although obviously you can't go without those for long. But, uh, I mean, stuff to you personally. Perhaps uh, human interaction. Some of you might struggle to go a single day without human interaction. And honestly, we were built to be in community, so none of us can go for too long without talking to other people. Uh, You can't go a day without rest, not just sleep, but taking breaks and that kind of thing. Or perhaps even more personal than that. I don't think I go a day without consuming some sort of fictional, like, created thing, whether that's uh, films, TV, books, podcasts. I, I cannot remember the last time I went a day without consuming at least one of those things. So what can you not go without? And does prayer count as one of those things for you? As I was planning this, I felt like there was a prophetic weight behind uh, a passage in the Bible when Jesus is talking to his followers and he says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And that was actually referenced this morning. Amal brought it prophetically. And I think it was actually referenced last week in the service as well. So I really feel like God is wanting to speak to you today and to reawaken your love of prayer, to call you back to him and to say, I have more for you in your prayer life. And we're all coming from different perspectives, but I think this call to more of God through prayer is true for everyone. Perhaps you're here and you're not a Christian and you've never prayed before and you wouldn't think to because you don't even believe in God. Or perhaps you're on the other end of the scale and prayer shapes your entire day. And that's great. That's what we're aiming for. But even they need more of prayer. More likely, however, is that you're somewhere in the middle. Perhaps you're a new Christian and you're still working out what prayer looks like. Maybe you just get five minutes of prayer in in the morning because that's what you feel like you've got time for. And then you just squeeze it in and then you get on with the rest of the day. Perhaps you're, uh, you have a young family and you think, I, I barely even have time to spend with my family, let alone with God. We're all coming at prayer from different perspectives, but God wants to speak to you today and say, I have more for you. And so I'm going to talk about why prayer is great. I'm not especially going to unpack the theology of it all. I just want to encourage you, to exhort you to pray more. And because we look at Jesus and he prayed all the time, this this promise of living water, is it comes from him. And he was someone that was always, always praying. And you've got to wonder why. It took time out of his ministry And surely you would think his ministry is the most important thing. Here's where he's healing people and preaching the good news and pointing people towards his ultimate 
death and resurrection and how you can be saved through him. Why would you take time away from that for prayer? But that's missing the point to ask the question like that. And I don't think Jesus saw it that way at all. Jesus saw it as a chance to spend time with his father, a chance to connect once more with God the Father. And I think that is a way that we should look at it too. Not as like, well, where does it fit in my list of priorities? But I get to come before God every day and pray. And whatever perspective you're coming from today, I imagine most of you are tired. But the promise of living water is one that um, will rejuvenate you and revitalize you. There's no guilt here today. You might have heard that I'm doing a talk about prayer and your first reaction was, oh no, it's just going to be one of those ones where he talks about how important devotional time is and I know that I don't do it that much. That's not what I'm aiming for and I'll even explain why that guilt is bad in a moment but I want to encourage you to release you into a life of prayer. And one thing we learn from Jesus' teaching is that it's all about your heart. In the Old Testament, God said to his people, It's not the sacrifices I want from you, it's your heart. The sacrifices weren't important. And sometimes prayer for us can become a bit like sacrifices for the people of God in the Old Testament, where it's more about the ritual and the show of it and making sure that we do it than what's behind it, which is our heart to connect with God and the faith behind it. Famous commands of Jesus about prayer. He said this, he said, Don't be like the hypocrites, For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Why do you think he was saying that? Because clearly we pray in public um, and there's instructions in the Bible about how to pray in public well. So Jesus isn't saying, don't do that. I think what he's saying is, Prayer is about your heart, and so much of the nitty-gritty of your relationship with God happens in secret. The most personal stuff happens in the quiet place when God is able to just whisper to you. But whether you are praying in public or whether you're praying in private, what matters is your heart. Are you praying to look like a good Christian or to show off your theology Or are you praying to build others up, to connect with your creator? And the fact that it's from the heart should be an encouragement to us because a lot of us find prayer difficult. But when you know that it's just a heart thing about your relationship with God, it frees you up to pray in any number of different ways. How do you pray? Well, just start talking and find out what works for you. It's It's a relationship, and no relationship happens through forced conversations of key points on a list. It happens through an exchange, where you just talk naturally. We only ever think we're bad at praying because we believe there's a good way to do it. But do what works for you. Write, speak aloud, pray silently, have some instrumental music on in the background, Catch five minutes here and ten minutes there. I want to free you from the idea that it's all about getting up at 5 a.m. and having a solid hour of prayer. 
pray and pray as often as you can. But it, the idea of praying ceaselessly doesn't mean in large, hour-long chunks. Now, saying that, some of you may actually need to carve out that length of time to pray. And God may be calling some of you to that, but what I'm saying is that's not a general principle, that's a matter of personal conviction. However you pray, you can pray more and spend more time with God because it's a heart thing. And the more you pray, the more you want to spend time with God and the more you'll make time for it and the more you'll realize how essential it is to your every day. And some of you might have suffered disappointment from prayer and hope deferred makes the heart sick. We've all been there. And some of you today might be wrestling with disappointment, with unanswered prayer, and it hurts. And you hear Jesus say things like, tell this mountain to move, and in faith it will. And Jesus was right, and we can face every mountain and tell it to move in the name of Jesus. But sometimes, for whatever reason, we have to deal with unanswered prayer. And instead of me trying to answer why that happens, I just want to urge you, don't give up that time with God. Keep praying. Bring your disappointment before him. If prayer is all about your heart, then bring your heart before him and tell him, why, God, why did you not answer this? Bring all of your hurt and your pain before him. You know, Jesus had an unanswered prayer, sort of. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked for God to take the cup away from him. He was saying, can you find another way for the salvation of your people other than my crucifixion. Now I say he only sort of had, a, had an answer because he then went on to pray, not my will but yours be done, which is an excellent thing to pray and ultimately that was what happened. But he did ask, he said, can you take this cup away from me? And it's just this moment where we see Jesus at his most raw and honest and distressed and he holds nothing back from God. So if you're disappointed, bring it before God the key thing is to keep praying. And why do I say that? Because it's back to this rivers of living water. When you come to him in prayer, you find your soul restored and the hurt that you feel from that disappointment gets mended. Heart, broken hearts are made whole through prayer. Prayer rejuvenates in so many different ways. I think one thing it does is it reminds you of grace. The, the line in um, the, the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. Even if you were just to pray the Lord's Prayer every day, every day you will be reminding yourself of the forgiveness and the grace of God. And you know the old hymn, come thou fount of every blessing. And the second line, tune my heart to sing your grace. I love that line. And it, that's kind of what happens in prayer. You're tuning your heart to sing the grace of God. It's just every time you pray, you're just tweaking the, like the pegs on the guitar so that your heart is being tuned to God's grace. And the more you pray, the more aware of God's grace you become. And praying brings you into grace, and that grace is like a revitalizing power in your life. Do you know, if you walk the West Highland Way, it's a 96-mile-long walk up the west side of Scotland, you can cheat you can get people to carry your bags from one B&B to the next. 
And so, uh, and you may be thinking, well, that's not real walking. I'm telling you it is the best way to do it. (laughs) Because you wake up in the morning, you pack your bags, and then you leave with nothing on your shoulders. And I'm telling you, when you have 20 miles to go, probably through the rain, it gives you a spring in your step not to have all of your goods on your back. It's honestly the best way to do it. And grace is a bit like that. It's that feeling of waking up, thinking what's ahead of you for the day, and knowing that actually you don't need to worry about all of your baggage. That's been taken care of. You can set off with none of that weighing on you because you have the grace of God. And we've heard so much recently about grace being God giving us more than we deserve. So many things that we don't deserve. And the fact that you can even pray is itself a reminder of grace because we can enter into the presence of God through the grace of God. And I was reminded of two kings in the Old Testament, one who represents the opposite of God, the other one that looks something more like God. The first was Xerxes. And when Esther, his wife, wanted to go into the courts of Xerxes, she had to go through uh, rituals and she had to enter cautiously. And if she did it wrong, she could get killed even though she was his wife, but because he was the king, she had to enter so carefully and cautiously. And even then, she had to like, couch her language in a bunch of different things. She didn't ask directly. Grace is more like King David, who brings Mephibosheth into his court, a crippled guy who has been forgotten by society, certainly forgotten by uh, the household of the king, and he wants was in the household of the king. And David brings him in and says, here, come and have a seat at my table. And prayer is essentially taking a seat at the table of God and feasting on all of the good things that he has to offer. So prayer brings us to grace. And it also stirs up hope in us. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, when you pray your kingdom come, it's a request for your kingdom to come now, but it's also putting trust in the promise that God's kingdom will come. And that stirs up hope in you. Just like our sins have been forgiven, but we still turn to God daily for his mercies, which are new every morning. We also know that the kingdom is coming, but we still ask for it whenever we pray. And hope, hope is a phenomenal thing that God gives us. One of the talks I was most struck by at the GLS was this guy called Brian Stevenson, who is a civil rights lawyer. He works to defend death row convicts children who've been imprisoned in terrible circumstances. He seeks to fight gross racial inequality. And he says the thing that keeps him going, the thing that's essential to his fight for liberty, even though he's constantly coming up against uh, roadblocks, is he says, choose hope. Choose hope. Hope is what will drive you on in whatever God is calling you to do. Hope in God. Hope that he will answer your prayers. Hope that the kingdom is coming. Hope that Jesus will come again and make all things right. You have to pray because you have to hope. And, you know, weaponize this hope. Hope is appealing. Hope is alien. We live in a society that is kind of despairing, but we are carriers of the hope of God. So use it. I'm always reminded when thinking about hope of um, Sam's little speech from the second Lord of the Rings film, where he says, 
He's trying to encourage Frodo, who's at his weakest point, and he says, it's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes he didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Prayer revitalizes us because it gives us hope. It's praying to a God who is a God of hope, who we can trust for all things and who we know will one day get rid of darkness entirely. This darkness is a passing thing and the sun will shine out the clearer. We have a great hope and a great God and prayer also stirs up hope in us because God does answer prayer. I'm often reminded of the story uh, of Gia, uh, a lady who's a great friend of King's and was part of a... uh, team of people who are fighting human trafficking, so really um, on the front lines of the mission of God, and uh, the enemy didn't like that, and she was rushed into hospital with a brain aneurysm, and it, it, it seemed unlikely that she would survive it. And the church leaders sent out a message saying, we're going to have a prayer meeting uh, in the hub before church starts, before any of the serving teams start, um, to pray for Gia. And I'm telling you, it is the busiest I've ever seen the hub, and it's the most I've ever seen people turn up on time for church. It was, it was incredible. And so the hub was packed with people praying passionately for healing, and she was out of hospital that week. God answers prayer. And actually, just they don't, they're not all that dramatic. So just out of interest, raise your hand in the room if God has answered a prayer of yours in the past. Look around. <laughs> God answers prayer, and when we pray, we are putting our hope in the God who does answer prayer. And finally, we get, we get everything we need from prayer because God gives us his Holy Spirit through prayer. We get power. We've had grace and hope, and we get the power of God as well. When Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink, Whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. The writer of the gospel then helpfully adds, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And Paul tells us in one of his letters, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. This isn't a command. This is a promise. This is is great news. We can turn to God every day and be filled with the incredible spirits of God. And that makes you look outside of yourself and your own strength and look to God and his strength. These are rivers of living water and they flow from Jesus through us and then they in turn will flow out of us. So this Holy Spirit in you equips you to do everything that you need that God is calling you to do. You see, becoming a Christian is one of the most liberating things ever. It's being freed from a whole load of mess and being brought into light and goodness, and it's open to absolutely anyone. But part of becoming a Christian is about following Christ and leaving your old life behind. It's about 
taking up the mission of God to take his kingdom into the darkness. It's about standing up for God when people don't want you to. And the things that God calls us to, like treasuring holiness in a world that says anything goes, or declaring dependence on God in a world that says be independent, these are hard things, and they would be impossible if we didn't have the Holy Spirit being poured into us every day. And I, I just want to urge you, seek the Holy Spirit every day. Seek that, that power, that energizing power that God freely gives anytime you ask. Seek it every day. Don't do a thing for God unless you have the Holy Spirit empowering you. Don't be more concerned with the battery life on your phone than with your energy levels. And in turn, the Spirit then helps you pray. He'll give you gifts like tongues, where you can just pour out your heart to God in a language that you don't even understand. When you run out of those words, God gives you a language beyond yourself so you can keep praying. Or if you're praying for someone else, he can give you prophecy. And then that's God speaking through you to someone else. The Holy Spirit enables us to pray for people to be healed. And this is accessible to us whenever we pray. And it's so, so good. Prayer points us towards the grace of God. It stirs our hope in Jesus. And it gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. And these three things combined just give us they will give you a passion and a zeal for God's kingdom that will enable you to do everything that God is calling you to, that will make you the kind of disciple that can change your circumstances, that can change your workplace, that can change your city, that can change your family, that can change your life. And prayer is how we daily remind ourselves of these things. It's living waters in somewhere that is otherwise a desert, and we get to drink of it whenever we want. God gives us gifts. We receive those gifts through prayer, and prayer itself is a gift. So I want to exhort you all to pray more, to to seek God daily, to pray in whatever way works for you, but just to always be praying because it's so, so good. We're going to have a time of response now. Um, Emma, if you could come up. We're I figured instead of asking questions about, you know, what we find difficult about prayer or whatnot, I just want us to take some time to pray because we're in an amazing situation where now we can just give time over to hearing from God, praying to God to pour out our hearts before him. If you're here and you're not a Christian, have you ever prayed before? There are going to be a lot of people now saying probably with their heads bowed and looking contemplative, and if you're here and you're not a Christian, you can just sit there, think about what I've said, or you can try praying, and just start speaking to God, tell him what's on your heart, ask God to reveal himself to you, and see how he will answer. Christians who find prayer difficult, now is the time for you to tell God that, 
and to ask for his help in praying, and he will give it. Just start talking. Just start praying and saying, God, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I want to access these rivers of living water. Busy Christians, we have a chance now to stop and listen to God. Don't start thinking about where you're going next or what you're doing tomorrow. We have a chance to be refreshed by streams of living water. Everyone here, Jesus is calling you today to come back to the streams of living water, to return to him in prayer and drink from the water of life. Let's tune our hearts to sing of his grace. Let's stir up hope in our hearts. Let's receive the Holy Spirit from God. So let's just take some time to pray and to listen.